Hello, heroes. Welcome to Modifier. I'm your host, Megan Dornbrock. Hey there, heroes. Today is a bit of a milestone for Modifier. It's our 50th episode as well as our two-year anniversary. I am so proud of what we've been doing here together, and I'm so glad to have you along for the journey. 2017 was kind of rough for a lot of us, both personally and nationally. Uh, I missed a couple of episodes due to some of that, and I know some of you struggled as well. But we did it. We're here in a new year, and I'd like to take a minute to take a look ahead at what's to come rather than what we've left. This year, I'm going to refocus Modifier a bit. It's been the goal to highlight all sorts of modders and hackers and homebrewers, and I want to get back to those lesser-known projects and highlight the passions of people in our community that we don't typically hear from. I think we've done really well at staying true to the show's thesis in other ways, but that's what I'd like to do this year. In addition to Modifier, my other show will be launching soon. Tales from Thetis, a Dragon Age actual play anthology podcast, uh, hit some bumps last year, but we're back on track, and I am just over the moon with how it's going so far. I think you're going to love what our players are doing, and I can't wait to get this out to you. That's what I have in store for sure this year. If you're starting or continuing any cool games projects of your own this year, I hope you'll share them with us. So heroes, this week I talked to Todd Maidema about his game Expedition. Expedition is an RPG system that consists of cards and a mobile app that work together to help streamline the RPG experience, and you can get all of it for free. It's all even open source, which means you can modify pretty much everything about this game. Even if you're not a programmer, there's a quest creator so you can make your own adventure content, which is what really intrigued me. Since it's all run by app, you have to write branching storylines like you would in a video game or a visual novel, which for new listeners, visual novels are my main jam. Uh, And that's a whole other way to approach GMing that we're not usually used to. The whole thing fascinates me, and so Todd and I talk about how Expedition works, what having technology at the heart of the game is like, the challenges of creating within the system, uh, what Expedition's strengths are, and some of the cool things the community has done with it. I think Expedition goes directly to the heart of what Modifier is about, and I couldn't think of a better way to start a new year. Let's get to the show. All right. Joining me this week, I've got Todd Maidema, and we are going to talk about his game Expedition, uh, which is a role-playing game. It's its its own system, and it's its really interesting. It's got cards. It's got an app. It's got all kinds of things, and we're going to figure out uh, and we're going to find out how all of that works together. So, hey, Todd. Hey. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Todd, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Maybe um, some projects you've worked on or places people might know you from, stuff like that? Sure thing. So I'm Todd Maidema. I've been working on Expedition for about two years, but before that, I went to Carnegie Mellon University. I studied technology, entrepreneurship, and design, uh, and have been kind of a lifelong game designer. I started programming uh, my first video games back in high school. I interned at Electronic Arts, and it's kind of always been a lifelong goal of mine to make, you know, make a game that other people enjoy playing, and it kind of found its home with Expedition. Uh, in that kind of hybrid physical and digital game that, you know, is, is kind of really interesting and novel right now. And, and yeah, 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 it absolutely is. I, I don't know if there's any other game that is quite like it in that respect. And it's very cool. What, what kind of video games did you work on? This is just for me. I, I want to know about this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I used a piece of software called Game Maker. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, a lot of them were just kind of fun early experiments and me teaching myself how to program. So I'd make fun little things like a little Star Trek bridge command type game. <laughs> yeah, just kind of fun things that never really got off the ground, but helped me sharpen my teeth on becoming comfortable building things. Oh, very cool. Did you build the whole app for Expedition? Uh, that was a, a combined effort between my partner and I. Cool. Uh, so we're, we're both of us are professional software engineers, which mm. even even today with kind of all those app builders out there where really anyone can create an app, mm-hmm. uh, it's still turned into <laughs> something that only the minds of two crazy <laughs> software engineers could come up with. So yeah. behind the app, we actually built an entire Quest design language and an open source tool for anyone to make their own interactive stories. So oh it's, it's actually not just an app. It's like three whole software projects. Oh, man, that's so cool. I, I feel like, though, anybody who starts to make an app quickly realizes that it, it's not just an app also. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, that's so cool. I can't wait to, to dig into that part. I'm very excited. So what got you started thinking about, like, Expedition, making a, a, a tabletop RPG that's also got this digital component? You know, it was, it was kind of by accident, really. We had been playing Dungeons & Dragons, and mm-hmm. I had been the Dungeon Master. And we finished up, you know, our, our campaign storyline. And everyone was like, this was so much fun. Let's do another one. And I, as the Dungeon Master, was like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> this takes so much time to prepare. Yeah. And, and you know, I mentioned this to my, my expedition, my now expedition partner. And he was like, well, okay, but, like, why does it what takes so long? And we started talking like, wait, we could, you know, there's so many rules. Well, we could kind of simplify that by having the rules on cards and like, oh, there's so mm-hmm. much math. But like, I don't know, we're software engineers. What if we just like made a dice roller app for this? Mm-hmm. And and so we kind of spent a few weeks building this like Dungeons and Dragons on cards prototype mm-hmm. and, you know, played it with our gaming group. And they're like, you know, this is this is neat. I would, I would play this again, but here's a giant pile of feedback. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of kept working on it. You know, it was it was a fun little side project that all of our gamer friends enjoyed. And geez, like three or four months in, we decided to make it all open source, just put it out there on the internet, shared it with a couple of friends. And before before we knew what was happening, we had like 600 downloads and we were like, I guess there's something here. Oh, wow. Uh, that's really encouraging. Yeah. So it kind of came from a place of uh, alleviating GM fatigue, it sounds like. Yeah. Which, bless you for that, by, <laughs> by the way. That's that's excellent. But like you kind of hinted at earlier, it has grown into such so much more. So yeah, was it important to you guys uh, early on for it to be open source? And, and I mean, it's essentially a free material. There are cards, but you can get a print and play version of them, that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, when, even when we started working on this, we never had the intention to really make money off of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if it, if it became a financially self-sustaining thing where we weren't losing money, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, but we were never, you know, A, it's a board game and we know that you know, no one goes into board games to be rich, but it was also just, <laughs> it's always been a, a fun project for us. And then we started thinking about it and we looked at like the cards against humanity model Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we kind of decided to make it this big experiment of, you know, so Cards Against Humanity was wildly successful with essentially uh, taking a similar approach. And and our hypothesis, which has so far been pretty true, is that if it's not free and it's a paid-only board game, you have to mm-hmm. spend a ton of money marketing that board game. Mm-hmm. So by giving away 
a kind of free, more limited version, you're essentially, instead of paying for marketing, you're just losing a little bit of revenue and letting the free version market for you. And, uh, and so far, we've seen that to be pretty true. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Do you think that having it be this free, open, this free and open source thing that people can contribute to, does it, do you think you see more involvement and more loyalty kind of with your community? Absolutely. And, and, and Expedition is interesting, is, is kind of doubly interesting in this because it is a technology enabled game. Mm-hmm. And especially when we were looking back two years ago when we first launched this, there was only like one or two other board games on the market mm-hmm. that had app-enabled games. And there was a lot of concern people had that, you know, if the company goes out of business, then my board game is just going to be a, a paperweight. Mm. So, you know, especially since we were, that was the environment we were launching into, we realized that making all of the technology behind it open source would build a lot of confidence that even if we as a business went under, this, is not, this would not be the end of your copy of Expedition. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and there's like, there's, there's an, a very active community for it. It looks like I was browsing through the Reddit and it's, you know, it's active. There's stuff within the last few weeks going up yeah. and, and constantly, it looks like there's a lot of content. I, I only scratched the surface of, of what it looks like people are creating for this game, man. So the beginning of Expedition, like what did it look like when you guys started? So it was basically D and D on cards. Yep. Um, were, were you trying to capture like as much of D and D as possible, or were you already starting to throw things out? Like we don't, we don't need this. We don't need these extra rules. We were, yeah, we were already starting to throw things out. You know, one of the things that we looked at was combat, and you know, in a in a normal game of D and D, it can easily take an hour to fight like a sewer rat because mm-hmm. everything's going in turns, figuring out initiative orders, moving around a physical space, and you know when we. When we introspected ourselves about what we enjoyed about role playing, mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't the combat. Like it, the the combat provided a nice change of pace, but if combat was shorter and we had more time to to be in the storytelling mode, mm-hmm. we all thought that that would accentuate the the role playing experience and what we liked most about the genre. I mean, when you really think about it, the combat part of role playing is much more similar to a traditional board game where you have you know, specific numbers and roles, and it's just kind of a numbers optimization game. Mm-hmm. Whereas the the role playing side is like no other type of game anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that was one of the big things we kind of started optimizing for was how do we make it easier to to be in that kind of fun role playing, improvising, storytelling mode, and not get so bogged down by these rules. Awesome. So yeah, why don't we talk about how it how it helps with combat a little bit then first, and then we'll get into the fun part of the role playing. Um, so just looking through the app, it looks like there's, you know, there you've got your stories in there that you can walk through piece by piece and then encounter combats or GMs can use just the combat system mm-hmm. within the app, which is which is really cool and helpful. So it it man, it really incentivizes people making decisions quickly the way this system works, right? Yeah. So by default, the app has this 10 second timer mm-hmm. where all, all of the players in the party have to pick their ability for this round mm-hmm. in less than 10 seconds and put their finger on the screen. Otherwise, everyone takes extra damage. Yeah. So, you know, kind of like combat in real life, you know, you don't have minutes to sit there and like, wait, should I cast fireball or magic missile? Mm-hmm. You know, which one's going to have like a higher damage output? No, you have to react quickly, mm-hmm. which really keeps the energy in the room up, which is awesome. And it also, I think, adds this this extra level of interesting incentive around teamwork and cooperation, mm-hmm. where 
teamwork is not the default, right? The default is you're just reacting. You have to move quickly. And so one of the biggest ways that players kind of get better or level up an expedition is simply better understanding their abilities and the abilities that their teammates have so that they can coordinate in that limited time frame. Mm, uh, yeah. As all of their abilities that you've got are their individual cards. Exactly. Very cool. And and the way it looks like it works is you're you're not using the same thing over and over again either. Right. So you start with a deck of six ability cards and then each combat you draw three of them. Mm. And so you, you kind of always end up with a random hand and you never quite know what to expect. You know, kind of keeping true with that chaotic real-time combat metaphor. Mm-hmm. Cool. So so your your teammates then kind of get a sense for what you might be able to do that turn, but they're not necessarily sure exactly what, and you don't have the time to sit there and hash it out. So yep. that's cool. And we do offer a, a setting to slow down and even disable that timer because, you know, if you're playing with a young kid or your grandparents, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that stress isn't isn't the right thing for the environment. Yeah. No, that's good. I'm just thinking about what, once you sort of find out what everyone has drawn, then that sort of backwards engineering of of working together has got to be kind of really satisfying, I think. Yeah, and it's really interesting how that plays out too, because if if it all if it all clicks and everyone plays just the right abilities, you can do an incredible amount of damage. Mm-hmm. But you only really discover that once you start working together as a team. Mm-hmm. If, if you aren't coordinating, you as the bard might play an ability that buffs everyone else's damage, but then because you didn't coordinate, no one else plays an attack card. And so you're all just kind of like falling over each other. It's it's pretty fun to watch. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Very, very true to combat, I think. So that really takes care of a lot of it. And the app does all your math for you. You could just like, there is still dice rolling, right? Yeah. So, so players still roll one dice to see if their ability succeeds, but the damage and all of the effects are predetermined on the card. And then all of the math around what the enemies do is calculated by the app. So it's, it's definitely streamlined. So awesome. So that, that makes, makes combat still a fun part of the game, but doesn't take up your whole day, which I deeply appreciate. And then the, the role-playing, the characters that everybody's playing, like those are cards too that you've got in this deck. And I was taking a look at them, and they're very, very minimal. Yeah, and so you know, the base... Adventurer cards are, are very minimal, as you said. They just give you a kind of title, like mm-hmm. the Alcoholic Diplomat or mm-hmm. the Hungry Chef, as well as your starting abilities. So four melee and two magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that gives you a lot of space to create the character that you want to play, which you know we, we wanted we thought was very important as as a game. You know we didn't want to have like six hundred cards because that's unmanageable. So we wanted. To leave that space open. And and you'll actually notice this as you look through the expedition cards, that they're in general very loosely defined. And so we've actually had people writing quests with the expedition system outside of normal fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had modern detective type stories mm-hmm. and and you know, the cards don't fit quite as well as if they'd been specifically cards for a modern detective RPG. But the whole system still works, and that's that's a real beautiful thing to me. Yeah. Oh, I could see that working. Taking a look through the cards, too, I can see them working with 
like as helper aids to other games even you know like npc decks or or the loot deck that sort of thing like they're they're just general enough so so you've been able to play this as you've been working on it with it sounds like the same or a similar group of people right right the the characters and those sort of things being so broad has that changed the way people play their characters at all that you've noticed? You know, we've been thinking a lot about role-playing with Expedition. And, you know, we kind of started off with this framework of give people as much space as possible. So just, you know, kind of a rough profession and and one character trait. And that's definitely been enough for people to to act on. But Mm -hmm. we've, you know, ever since we released the base deck, we've had our eye on how do we give people even more more things to build a character off because one of the things we found is you know we're trying to make this system that's fun for both hardcore role players and people who've never played an rpg before mm-hmm. and the hardcore role players like you don't even need to give them a character card they can just come up with one on the spot you know they, they have their whole mental list of like oh yeah next game i want to be a, mm-hmm. uh, a horny monk you know yep. they they know what they're looking for uh but New, people new to the genre, you know, and it's the same in improv acting. Until you kind of get your feet wet, it's a, cha- a real challenge to be creative. Yeah. And so we actually just came out with our first expansion that primarily focuses on giving players more more character and more role playing variability mm. to help encourage them to get out of their shell and and experiment and really play with their character. Oh, cool. What, is, what does that look like? Are they like like trait cards or, or um, what kind of things are you giving them to work with? Yeah. So we call them persona cards. Hmm. And so this first expansion is Cthulhu themed. And one of the kind of big tenets of the Cthulhu mythos is this this idea of horror and terrifying and, and how do people react in situations beyond their imagining. And so we, we played with that concept to create personality cards Mm -hmm. that can kind of go up or down. So you might start as like a lonely adventurer. And if you, if things are going well and, and your, your character becomes more confident, you might become loving and get a boost, a real mechanical boost to how your character interacts with the world because you gain in confidence. Mm -hmm. But if things are going poorly and terrifying monsters are coming out of the woodwork and you start losing control, then you might become terrified and and suffer penalties. And so not only is there this kind of mechanical effect and reason for you to care about where your persona is, mm-hmm. but it gives you the descriptors of your character changes and, and really helps you mm. react more dynamically to the world. Oh, cool. Is that the pack that you mentioned earlier that just came out? In the, or that is kickstarted in the fall, or is this a different expansion? Yes, so it's our first expansion. We kickstarted it uh, back in September. Oh, okay. And raised sixty four thousand, and it'll be available for sale on expeditiongame.com uh, starting January twenty sixth. Oh, cool! That's real soon. So, has working on that expansion got you thinking about other things that you'd like to to build an expansion for? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Um, and anything that you're able to tell us about? You no, know, we're, we're still exploring the role-playing aspect a lot mm-hmm. because there's so many facets to it. And, and you know, that's that's what we really like about the genre. So we've, we've kind of always approached Expedition with this mentality of have the base game be as simple as possible mm-hmm. and then add layers on top of that for people who want to 
to dive in further and have a richer experience. And so, you know, one of the things we're kind of already exploring for our next expansion pack is how do we take role-playing even another step further. Awesome. The the characters, as as they are right now, the materials that folks have to, to create their characters right now, like we mentioned, are, are pretty minimal. What does, like, leveling up look like? Because I know that's a big deal. Yeah, so leveling up an expedition, you can draft pick a new ability card. So you draw three and keep one. And then you can also discard an ability card. So there's no there's no strict kind of grinding where your all of your stats just increase. And while we may introduce that in a future expansion, one of the things we found that really slowed down traditional role playing was having so many numbers and modifiers to to check. And we really wanted to kind of stay away from that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And so kind of like I had mentioned earlier with the combat, a lot of even even though players don't realize that it's happening, a lot of the quote unquote leveling up in expedition really just happens when you get better at playing your character and working with your teammates, mm. which is one of those great head fakes as a game designer, <laughs> tricking people into becoming better at communicating. Yeah. The real level up was the friends we made along the way. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. And just kind of riffing on that idea. One of the things we found when designing Expedition is different people want very different things out of games. Mm. You know, you have you have some people who really enjoy the, the social aspect and some people who really enjoy the number optimization aspect. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a really interesting ongoing design challenge to design a game that is fun for, for all of these different desires. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And because, you know, one of our goals with Expedition from the beginning was to make a role-playing game that you could play with all of your friends. And, you you know, because right now, like, if you want to role-play, you have to think, okay, well, Jim is a D&D 3 expert, and Beth has never played a, a role-playing game before. Like, how do I, like, what game could I play that both of them would enjoy? And yeah. so, you know, in, in that sense, we've, that balance we've kind of found is having having some numbers there so that people who want to focus on the mechanical side of role-playing have have enough interesting challenges to keep them engaged, mm-hmm. but also keep it light enough that people who want to focus on the role-playing side aren't bogged down by yeah. tombs of rules and, and pages of numbers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everything everything fits on those excellent cards. So I guess kind of in that vein, though, of, of trying to make this a game that all sorts of players want to play, I'm sure you see things come up in the community that players are making for this system. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> that, that are probably all over, all over the map with this. So, so what, are, what are some of those things that you see players make? Um, is there anything that has come up there that has been surprising to you? Hmm. One of the things we're we're wrestling with right now from a design perspective is that some players want or what players want out of a quest is all over the board. Mm-hmm. So some people want short 20 minute comedies to play with their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people want three hour long Game of Thrones epics. <laughs> yeah. And you know, some people want role playing heavy things, some people want combat heavy things. And so, you know, obviously we want to encourage that diversity in our community. Mm-hmm. And then figuring out how to kind of quantify those different aspects to a quest so that players can find the quest that they're most in the mood for. Mm. You know, right now, we've, we've gotten several quest ratings where someone's like, two out of five, there wasn't enough combat. And that's not really a problem with the quest, mm-hmm. just that it misaligned with your expectations. And there are other 
more combat heavy quests that if you had played those instead, you would have had a lot more fun. So mm-hmm. kind of playing matchmaker in that sense. Okay. Is there like a like a system, a tagging system or any kind of labeled system for the quests that people can like search by? Like, oh, this has five combats. Oh, this is comedic. This is an hour. Yeah. So we have, you can search by duration and genre, mm-hmm. uh, which are both pretty standard and easy to quantify things. One of our next big design challenges is figuring out how to label things yeah. as being combat heavy or role playing heavy or you know, what, what exactly people are getting after. Because, you know, one of the challenges with an interactive storytelling quest is you can go down different paths. And so, mm. you know, one path you might purposefully choose to attack the guard and then purposefully choose to fight their rat. And another path you might sneak past both of them. And so what does it mean for a quest to be combat heavy or not be combat heavy? Mm. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah, you could you could absolutely have an adventure that is all combat or no combat, I guess, depending on how your characters want to play it. Yeah, if they're being murder hobos or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is difficult. Hmm, think about that for a little while. But actually, yeah, speaking of, of the adventures themselves and how they are, like within the app, they kind of look like little choose-your-own-adventures. You know, you've got the little, you, you get some text and you get some information uh, and then every so often you get a branching choice. How how has writing those been different than you know your your previous experience prepping adventures as a GM? Yeah, it's it's been a really interesting experience. Uh, you know, you're right that conceptually they are choose your own adventures. That's you know that's the format that's out there that people are are familiar with, mm-hmm. and in some ways that makes them more limited than being a GM mm-hmm. because you have to prepare your options ahead of time and. You know, sometimes you're playing through one of these in-app quests and a player will be like, well, why isn't there an option to flirt with the guard? Uh-huh. Uh, and, and you know, to some to some degree as the creative expedition, this is a challenge that frustrates me because that is one of the beauties of the role-playing genre, to be able to do anything you want. But mm-hmm. the moment you put it in a computer, the computer needs to have all of, all of the options pre-programmed. Right. And so a lot of our, our focus has been on author education because writing it requires a really interesting skill set that very few people have right now to be able to write a good fulfilling story but also one that makes sense with branches mm-hmm. you know you can you can write a great linear story and and we have we have a lot of people who come to expedition from a writing background and so you know they're they're shown a piece of quest creation software that looks like a text editor and they just start mm-hmm writing a story, uh, but crafting choices that have meaningful impacts and, and really change the outcome of the story is, you know, it's kind of where the genre shines. And so we've been putting a lot of effort into author education uh, and, and feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our whole team, like every time a new quest is published, we all play through it and oh, we wow. all send reviews and feedback to the author to help them learn this, this whole new skill of interactive story writing. Oh wow, that's that's a lot. That's dedication. Is is there any advice that you find yourself giving a lot, or any tips that you might have for heroes who are listening that think, "Oh, this this sounds like a cool thing I want to try." Yeah, uh, let's see. So one thing that's really helpful is, and this is not just with interactive story writing. This is with giving presentations and speeches. Is this idea of reading what you've written? So because expedition is is a group thing, people take turns reading pages from the app to the group. Mm. And that means that sometimes what you typed in doesn't doesn't quite feel right when you say it. 
And so it can be really helpful to just read out loud the story and, you know, kind of activates a different part of our brain and like, does that feel right when I say it? Uh, it can really help streamline the story that you've written. Cool. Yeah. And I guess that actually pointed out something that I, I totally skipped over talking about with this is that uh, when, when you're playing these pre-written adventures, you don't necessarily have to have somebody that's acting as the GM, right? That's that's right. Yeah, so you can everyone in your party can play, and you can also go on adventures solo, which is something that mm. you can't really do with a normal RPG. Oh, that's cool. That's a really good point. So for any everybody who is out there looking for a one-player RPG, here we go. So we talked a little bit earlier about how building this app has kind of turned into building a whole like quest language and that sort <laughs> of thing. What oof, what is going on there? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you've built like a system for people to come in and and essentially, you know, build and program their own quests, right? Yep. Like it's there in the app. Okay. Yeah. So we have a, a web tool, uh, quests.expeditiongame.com, mm-hmm. where you can write your own interactive story. And it actually includes a simulator so that you can kind of test and play through your quest as you're writing it and get that instantaneous feedback. And we've actually been building a lot of kind of validation tools into it. So it'll do things like spell check and mm. make sure that at a very high level that your quest is valid and doesn't have any major bugs. Uh, that's, you know, that's something we're continuously working on. So it's not perfect, but it's been a huge help to our authors to not have to worry quite so much about, you know, did I type this command correctly? Yeah. And it's all, it's like, it's, it's, it's all text-based, right? Or do they have to learn anything like that's approaching a, a programming language? Any, like any, any keywords or uh, that sort of thing? Not at all. Uh, the, the kind of basic branching adventure system is super easy. Mm-hmm. It's based on Markdown, mm-hmm. which is basically just typing normal English language, but with a few things like asterisks and underscores to, to denote uh, certain things. So it takes just a few minutes to, to learn the basics of. Okay. Uh, we spent a lot of time building introductory videos and, and content so that it's really easy to, to pick up even if you don't have a background in programming. Okay. It, it sounds like it might be comparable to something like Twine. Yes, exactly. Okay, cool. I know, I know we've got a lot of folks who, who do different Twine adventures and Twine games, that sort of thing. So I know that's if I can pick it up, everybody can pick it up. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and one of the, the great things about having all of these tools for the community to create new content mm-hmm. is that we, we're constantly getting feedback from both the players and the authors and constantly improving these tools. So if, you know, if, if someone is trying to learn the, the quest creator and is confused on something, we absolutely want to hear from them because that just means there's something that we can do better in the software to make it easier for everyone. Oh, awesome. That's good. And yeah, and it and it like I said, it seems to be a really active community. So there's there's somebody out there with an answer or a or a suggestion or or help. So very cool. Well if if heroes make any of these games, I definitely want to see them. So <laughs> so so some other interesting things that have come out of, of this being an open source project James, actually, uh, one-shot RPG James, asked on Twitter about this NES cartridge that exists of Expedition. And it, it seems like a, a game game studio, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a game studio has taken Expedition and made it uh, playable on the old school NES system. Have you have you interacted with this at all? Yeah, so that's actually a Pittsburgh-based company. And oh, we're cool. also based in Pittsburgh. So they actually reached out to us about a collaboration. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was... 
you know, that's kind of a premediated thing. Um, okay. Expedition is open source, but it does have a, uh, a no commercial clause. So companies still have to talk to us before they, they create a variant that they sell. Gotcha. Uh, okay. But we were super excited to work with another Pittsburgh company on that. Yeah. Well, James was curious if you feel like the play experience is altered in any way by, by playing it on an NES versus, you know, playing it on your phone. Absolutely. You know, there, there are certain technical limitations that are inherent to the NES system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have an internet connection, so it can't play the community written quests. And oh, yeah. it's a little bit, the, the kind of combat experience is a little bit different because you don't have a touch screen in the center that everyone is touching. It's through a controller. Uh, so it's definitely a different experience, but to fans of a retro gaming system, it, it's also a really fun and, and unique experience. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it looks really cool. And they've got all these like, um, like it's, it's NES graphics, of course, but they've got all these cool graphics for it. It looks like. Yeah. That's actually a funny story, really. Oh yeah. We, uh, you know, we sent them over the source code and we're like, okay, you know, make a, you know, let us know when you've finish the NES clone. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, it should be a month, maybe two. So we follow up with them three months later and we're like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, our engineer really loves this game and decided to make all of these graphics for it. Oh. So we're a little bit behind schedule. <laughs> That's cute. I oh, I think it really, it really adds something to it though. Yeah. <laughs> and that was actually what inspired us to start incorporating more art into the, the main expedition app. Uh, as part of our Kickstarter for the last expansion, we actually had several stretch goals for commissioning artwork mm-hmm. and including them in quests. So not not all quests have art, but mm-hmm. we're that's kind of something we're starting to explore, and and we definitely think it adds a lot to the adventures. Oh, uh, can the community created quests? So if if somebody is writing their own, can they include art in theirs? We're we're still figuring out how we want to handle that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's a couple of interesting challenges about letting people upload arbitrary artwork. Yeah. Uh, not to mention the, the legal consequences of someone uploading a Star Wars image or pornography. Gotcha. Uh, so the, the approach we're taking right now is essentially finding the community's favorite quests and then working with artists that we know to create custom artwork for them. Okay. And we're... Over the next few months, we'll probably loosen that process up a little bit so that a more artists in the community can have submit their artwork and more quest writers can kind of ask for artwork to be created for that, that quest. But we're we're still exploring that process and we'd definitely love to hear from the community on what that process would look like to them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I can see that being difficult with the legality of things. But yeah, I, I know that I that that's part of my favorite thing of, of when I'm creating adventures is is having, you know, character doodles and stuff for for what I'm thinking of having happen. So that, that would be cool to see. Yeah. So so something that I'm curious about is so when you when you're playing Expedition, you're everybody's crowding around, you know, somebody's got this on their on their mobile device. Does that does does having that at the table change the play experience in any noticeable way to like um i i, th- I feel like everybody's big concern is oh well, if, if somebody has their phone out then everybody's gonna have their phone out and it's gonna be a whole thing and like i don't know if, if, if that's true but i'm curious you know i haven't i haven't really seen it be a problem and you know i've played geez a few hundred games of expedition <laughs> and and i you but that's a really interesting concern that I think is very valid. And I think part of the reason it doesn't happen so much in Expedition is that it's it's more fast-paced, but it's also everyone is involved in the storytelling. 
one of the one of the things that I actually see as a problem with traditional role playing is you have the DM who's telling the story, and so it's very easy for the players to tune out because they're just being talked to.、Mm-hmm. But since you're passing this phone around and everyone is telling a page from the story, everyone ends up being much more involved in in the creation of the story. Oh, cool. The adventures that they're reading, like they can, they can very easily read verbatim. Do you see players like embellishing on what they're reading at all, or、um, and and some of it can can still be very、uh, like this happens to you. This is the thing that that has happened. Do players jump in to to interact with that? I guess with their character, like how much give and take do you see with the material? You know, we haven't seen a lot of give and take.、Uh, we do see players. Kind of embellishing stylistically on it,、mm. uh, watching watching the player adopt an accent for a character is always <laughs> a load of fun, and that's you know that's one of the things that we want to explore in the next expansion is is how to start having quests where that that permit the players to bring some of their own creativity to the table,、mm-hmm. because even though that's totally possible with the current system, it's you know because because you hand someone this app and it. Has the text on it. There's this kind of default assumption that you aren't allowed to change it. Like this is just what you're being told to do.、Mm-hmm. That's that's something we definitely want to keep experimenting with. Cool. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. It's just I, I just read through I think one of the adventures, and it is like it's a scaffold, but there is still a lot of of dictation of events that happen. So I'm, I'm just curious, like how much how much role playing people are willing to do in that sort of situation. Yep. And and you know another angle we've been looking at it from is perhaps from the individual quest perspective. There's there might be a way for authors to create situations in which they explicitly permit or encourage players to to embellish. You know perhaps at the beginning of the game, the quest sets up a little bit of the stage and then says, you know now with your adventures, take a moment to like think of a hidden objective and like write that down somewhere.、Mm. Then, then through the choices that it gives you through the rest of the quest, kind of gives players that ability to go beyond just the scope of what's written down. I think、yeah. would be really exciting. Oh, me too. Well, very cool. I'm I'm excited for for what expedition is and what it's got in its future. This is very cool. Is there anything else that we should know about expedition? By far, the biggest thing is that it's a community driven game. And so we love hearing from community members and kind of using their ideas to keep making the system even better.、Mm-hmm. So whether whether you get a print and play copy and are just playing it for free, or you buy a copy and have feedback on the the manufacturing, we love we just love input. That's really what keeps us going. At the end of the day, is hearing that people are enjoying the system and those those new and fresh ideas and how we can keep evolving it because. We you know, one of our core philosophies about Expedition is that it's a game that just keeps evolving. Yeah. You, know, you you buy a normal board game, you play it a few times, and then you kind of master it, and it's done. And by incorporating this technology element, we can really kind of flip that paradigm on its head and say, now you don't have to keep buying boxes and boxes and boxes and and selling them, and, and you know, in some ways, almost environmentally wastefully consuming all these physical goods. Like this game. Can keep evolving and growing,、uh, and and partially because we aren't motivated by making a ton of money, we can do that because、mm-hmm. yeah, they. A large reason that studios keep coming out with more and more games is because people are more willing to buy a new game、mm-hmm. than 
you know, that, like that's how they, that's their business models to keep coming up with new games so that people keep paying for things. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're uh, trying something new. Yeah, no, this is perfect. This, this is, I think very much up our listeners alley. You know, this is, they like to, to play with games and modify them and change them and take them apart and put them back together. And it sounds like Expedition only gets stronger from that, honestly, which is, that is so cool. Yeah, and we have, I don't think we've talked about it yet, but Expedition also has a card creator. So especially no, folks who like to GM their own stories, you can actually design your own Expedition cards and print them. No Photoshop skills required or anything. Oh, that's so cool. We, yeah, we didn't talk about that. So I guess um, that would help too. We talked about that Cthulhu adventure. If you wanted to do an adventure that wasn't strictly uh, fantasy-based, you could make more on-theme cards that way, right? Yep. Mm. And it's, it's also web-based. It's at cards.expeditiongame.com. And that's that's one of our newer tools. So that's definitely still in the kind of beta testing improvement phase. So if you run into any issues or have any ideas of it, we would as always love to hear it. Cool. So heroes, uh, go break it and see what, <laughs> no. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Then, uh, so, so we've got the, the card creator and the adventure creator. Where can heroes find Expedition and you, if you like, online. Yeah, so you can find Expedition at expeditiongame.com. You know, we have links to all of our social media if you're interested in following along. We have links to the, the free print and play as well as a link to order Expedition. And uh, yeah, we would we would love to have you as part of the community. Cool. Is is like Reddit the place to go for, for most of the community stuff or where would you say? So we have uh, Facebook and Twitter pages for announcements. Mm-hmm. But if for those interested in really engaging with the community and creating content and asking questions, Reddit is definitely the the spot for that. And our, our subreddit is r slash expedition RPG. Yeah, thank you. This has been really cool. I'm very excited. <laughs> awesome. Huge thanks again to Todd for coming on the show. And we'll link that card pack on the Twitter when it's available. All his other links are in the show notes. Heroes, if you find yourselves playing with Expedition or making some quests of your own, share them out to us so we can all see. That's it for this week, Heroes. You can find Modifier mostly on Twitter at Modifier Podcast. We also have a Tumblr, Facebook, and G+, with varying levels of upkeep success, all under the same Modifier Podcast name. You can email me directly with questions, comments, or show suggestions at modifierpodcast at gmail.com. Modifier is a proud member of the OneShot Podcast Network, an incredible family of RPG podcasts that include shows like OneShot, Campaign, Backstory, Adventure, Neoscum, System Mastery, and Talking Tabletop. OneShot is an actual play podcast where host James D'Amato leads a rotating cast of improvisers, game designers, and other notable nerds through a variety of role-playing games. Every month, OneShot plays a new game with a new cast of players. Find out more about all these shows at OneShotPodcast.com. Modifier's theme music was created by my favorite Bothan, Cat Greenfield, whose myriad talents are on display at CatGreenfield.com. Join me again in two weeks for another episode of Modifier. See you then.